Margaret Roach is a leading garden communicator. In her previous lives, she was the garden editor at Newsday, one of the country's largest daily newspapers. And then she became the first garden editor of Martha Stewart Living magazine. Margaret is the author of three books on gardening and life. Margaret's blog, A Way to Garden, named after her award-winning first book, is her latest horticultural incarnation, with words and photographs taken in her Hudson Valley, New York garden. Margaret always represents the new, and talking to Margaret and learn about important developments in environmental horticulture, ecology, and perhaps most of all, growing vegetables. Hello, Margaret. How are you? Um, well, we'll find out. <laughs> and, uh, when you ask me, I never know, really. No, fine. Sure. How are you? I'm okay. I'm in the mud zone up here. We've gone from mud to snow to mud again in a short period of time. Well, we're talking in 2000. 14. Oh my goodness! I almost said 2013 in January, and uh, it it was four minus four degrees, and then the next day 40 degrees. Same minus 10 and 44, I think. Yeah, oh, same my. thing. Crazy. Crazy. Are you surprised that U.S. gardeners have gone mad for growing edibles? Hmm. Actually, I'm one of, I guess I'm old enough that I, uh, and I've been a vegetarian for 35 or maybe even close to 40 years now and grown uh, a good chunk of my own food. I mean, it's probably 25 or 30 percent of my own food for the year for mm, 20 something of those years, you know, put it up and frozen it and whatever. So for me, it's almost like one of those things that I keep looking at thinking, yeah, so what's the news here? <laughs> <laughs> Because it always was what, you know, I was kind of, um, I wished I could have been a back to the land, you know, homesteader kind of person. In another life, that's what I would have been, I guess. Um, so, yeah, so I, I'm happy to see it. I'm happy to see it having widespread uh, awareness and interest. And I hope that will continue because um, I'm the kind of person who doesn't go to supermarkets and hasn't in about well, decades. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. uh, uh, food to me is much more intimate and about its origins and comes in, not in packages, but in nature's package. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, so I'm glad to see it. Well, you remember you mentioned back to the land in the 60s and the early 70s, people were gr trying to grow food, maybe in communes and things yes. like that. And then they kind of started to feel that they could find the food at farmers markets perhaps and growing vegetables could be hard and they they realized that feeding their souls might be more rewarding and mm. and easier or mm. at least uh, didn't demand as much time and you've always kind of done both you know you've done the ornamental and the edible yeah I, I, you know i think that the first thing that many of us ever grew was probably like a tomato right or mm -hmm. you know what i mean it, it's a lot of us had a grandparent or a parent who put out that row of tomatoes in the backyard. I mean, at least in the years I was growing up, that was, you know, everybody in the neighborhood had some tomatoes, right? So I think vegetable gardening was one of my origins. And so I've always kept kept at it. Uh, but it's, it's great for me to see how uh, the availability, you know, like what's available and that's the good part of sort of the, um, the new awareness and the, the sort of trend, I hate to say trend, but the sort of trend that it has become is that there is availability of both the produce, as you say, at the farmer's markets, which have proliferated and also of, 
uh, a seed, you know, a lot of interesting varieties of seed and so forth. And so that's kind of the good news for me. Well, I remember when I was a kid, I'd see these ads on the back of the Sunday supplement in the newspaper, cover your house in roses in one year, or a picture of a rose with red, white, and blue flowers, the same rose, or, you know, three kinds of of apple or three kinds of fruit on one grafted to one tree or a 20 foot tall (laughs) hedge that would you know screen your neighbors in three weeks and and then that that always seemed sensational but then as I got a little bit older I still was kind of intrigued by maybe having a lemon tree or something or or fragrant flowers and I was I certainly started as an indoor gardener and that's how I got into it but I remember back then the, the catalogs would come in January, uh, and for example, Park Seed, and yes. I, oh, I just go crazy and yes. jot down all these things that I wanted, and it was usually the ones that were maybe the 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 purple flowers that were that they painted blue, you know. <laughs> I know, well, right? The the sort of Kodachrome look of the you know it was Park and Burpee and Harris and Stokes, you know, those catalogs that were kind of. The ones that in the beginning were the ones that I would page through and be so excited. Thompson and Morgan, right. remember? Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. And well, and Comstock and Ferry for the uh-huh. kind of an old look and young. Yep. And uh, then later, Cooks and Shepherd Seeds. Yes, yeah, some specialty uh, seed companies arose. Exactly, exactly. Yep. And yep. Uh, a couple of times, well, I was going to say a couple of times it was disappointing. Often it was disappointing. <laughs> I remember one time I ordered from England from Chiltern Seed, and yes. uh, what I got I really like, but it wasn't what they said it was on the packet, which is mm. disappointing and mm. happens. Oh, and how about Hudson? Wasn't that weird? J.L. Hudson Seedsman, still out there in California. Yeah, and they, they've, I guess the the person who started it has passed away or something, because now it makes more sense. It used to be kind of voodoo like uh what, what's the soap doctor what's his name soap bronner's <laughs> dr bronner's right yeah it's, yeah it's, yeah but but fun i mean uh, jail hudson seedsman a fun listing crazy eccentric listing but wonderful things yeah well now yeah. you've discovered that there's a whole different area of selling se- new people selling seeds and also you've discovered some older companies that are selling more unusual seeds or well you know, and you're into organic seeds. And that's something that I, most people don't even think about that. Well, who cares if they're organic? You're going to grow your vegetables organic, but you can make a really good case for growing organic seeds, for buying organic seeds. Well, I, I can. And this is something that the um, the research scientist at the uh, Organic Seed Alliance kind of explained to me gradually over the years. And it finally, like the light bulb went off the last couple of years for me after John Navazio has told it to me again and again in layperson's <laughs> terms. Um, you, seed is a living organism, of course, but we don't, a lot of times we think of it as a product and that's a problem. So it's, it's a living organism. So seed, like other organisms, when put in a particular environment, will over the generations adapt to that environment and to, and I don't just mean the weather, but I mean all the conditions of that environment, the soil, uh, as well as the weather, as well as what are called the inputs, what you do or don't give that crop as it's growing and eventually producing the seed that me, the gardener, then buys from someone, right? Mm-hmm. So it adapts. So if, if the seed that I buy is from 
um, maybe uh, a seed farm in California where they have low rainfall and lots of hot sunny dry days and um, they use a lot of fertilizer to help the seed crop you know be very bountiful and so on and so forth and then I want I bring it to my so it's not organic seed and it's from a different region and I bring it to my garden I order it by mail and it comes to me via some purveyor who's bought it from that wholesaler and I plant it and I don't give it all that fertilizer that for generations it's been used to for example, or water it the same way, or even give it the same um, climate conditions. Mm -hmm. The seed is like, where the heck did I end up? This isn't my home, because <laughs> it's a living organism, and it's adapted to where it's been, you know, acclimated to. For right? years. So, and that, again, includes not just weather and soil, but it includes the inputs, so, uh, meaning chemicals and so forth. Mm -hmm. So, I want to pick if I can, if it's available, seed that's grown in a place where the, the way it's grown is as similar as possible to the way I'm going to grow it in my garden so that the transition for that living organism is as smooth as possible and I will have the best results. So I'm answering really the bigger question about not only buying organic when possible, and by organic I don't just mean certified organic, it can be biodynamic or sustainably grown. A lot of companies are not certified because mm -hmm. they either disagree with the politics or it's too expensive or whatever to get certified. But I'm talking about look to make a match with your seed for the conditions you are going to grow the thing in and you may have better results so that's why um, I do it when I can and sometimes there is none there is no organic seed of a particular variety um, and that's okay um, but you know that's 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 kind of what I look at when I'm shopping is how can I make a match that's the closest to my situation Wow. You know, I'll bet that most of the seeds that are offered in the country are for, probably grown in Central America. Um, Pacific Northwest is a huge uh, seed growing um, area of the world, and especially for certain things like brassicas, for instance. Um, you know, it's one of the most ideally suited places. So parts of California are big seed growing areas. But northern is, is generally, a lot of seed is grown in the north, oddly enough. Really? Yeah. So, um, yeah. So that's all good um, but again I want to know that the farm that the seed came from that I'm buying as much as is possible just the same as the mentality when I'm shopping at the farmers market it's like if I'm a locavore at the farmers market why aren't I a locavore when I'm seed shopping because or as close to that as possible because after all isn't seed where all our food originates so if we care so much about where our veggies come from or our meat that we're going to eat or our eggs why do we care where our seed comes from so I love looking for places that are near to me or similar to me and um, again with the cultural practices that I believe in wherever possible which doesn't mean Ken because I know you and I are total plantaholics mm -hmm. that I don't also order from places like Southern Exposure Seed Exchange in Virginia or Native Seed Search in um, Tucson, Arizona or Sand Hill Preservation Center, you know, out in, is it uh, Iowa or Idaho? <laughs> Iowa, <I think. laughs> yeah, Kalamnus, Iowa. Um, uh, you know, and from, you know, up farther in northern Vermont, from, you know, high I order from a lot of places that are not near me because they have something really interesting or they're working on something like 
um, you know, that I want to try that I can't find anywhere else. And so I'm not saying to just be super strict, but I'm saying generally speaking, I look to match things up to my own conditions if possible. I'm speaking with Margaret Roach, and Margaret's blog is A Way to Garden, and we'll have a link on the Kendra's Real Dirt homepage to Margaret's blog and a little some text about what we've been talking about and some pictures if Margaret supplies them. <laughs> but you know, this it's interesting. Uh, what, what you're saying is reminding me of my whole thing about native plants and local plants and it it relates <laughs> it's kind of well, similar. it does and so isn't it isn't it similar yes and so uh, i guess all those years i felt like a bit of a i feel like a bit of a dunderhead you know in retrospect having thought about it with plants and you know people even just forget native non-native what about hardiness people would say oh gosh well i don't really want to order by mail from florida because i garden in Vermont, you know, I'm afraid it may not be hardy enough, I'd rather buy it from a northern grower, right? Mm -hmm. And you know, there would even be companies that would advertise, you know, northern grown, for instance, for meaning it's extra hardy, or right. adapted, whatever, or you'd think so, um, because of those claims. And, and yet I never applied it to seed until much more recently. So um, just something to think about in the mix, but again, not to stop people from ordering from uh, multiple places because there are lots of great catalogs. Like there's one um, out in California, I guess it's in California, Horizon Herbs. I was going to say Horizon Herbs. <laughs> well, Horizon that Herbs, sounds good. You know, um, Horizon. Or, or Frank, <laughs> Frank Morton, the, the, the um, leading lettuce breeder, you know, who's really shaken up what's in our salad bowl the last 15, 20 years, uh, wild garden seeds out in uh, the Pacific Northwest. You know, these are people that if I'm looking for salad, I'm going to go to see what Frank Morton is doing because he's, you know, the great breeder. And if I'm looking for really interesting herbs, I'm going to go to Rico check at Horizon. You know, so so I do that too. But for mm -hmm. my staples, you know, I'm looking for my tomato. I want to get a northern a, a tomato seed that came from a northern farm because I d seed farm, if you know what I mean, because sure. those are trickier, right? I need all the help I can get with having a good tomato harvest. Well, you you mentioned the salad from the Pacific Northwest, and they're shaking up salad. Can you give me an example? Um, well, the the red, the dark, deep red, like Merlot and those types of lettuces that have the, I mean, the color is just so incredible. And a lot of the speckled, freckled kind of lettuces, uh, you know, the, uh, a lot of that work has come out of breeders um, like Frank Morton out at Wild Garden. So uh, really, the again, again, the color and texture of our salad bowls. So I always love to make sure I get a couple of packets of what he, he'll have, like kind of the mix of what's in development at his place, like things he's working on. He'll have some really cool kind of, you know, Frank's latest creations kind of mix. I always want to look at that. Um, and there's no better lettuce selection. And that's actually where a lot, even though he has a retail online catalog and mail order catalog that you can and I can order, he also sells lettuce seed to most his primary customers are other seed companies so mm -hmm. a lot of the lettuce seed you and i order from x y or z seed company originated at his place so that's kind of interesting too a lot of times we're buying from not the producer of the seed but the reseller of the sure. seed and i don't even think people understand that um i i didn't fully understand that so sometimes i like to just trace it back to 
its roots, ha ha, and see who bred it and where it came from and what bigger things they have in their list, you know. Um, so that's kind of another fun way to shop. <laughs> well, you know, everybody's hot for heirlooms, and an heirloom probably developed in a very small area, but then everybody's selling mortgage lifter and brand yes. new wine from all over the country. So that, that that's another dimension to not only may you want uh, – an heirloom, you might also want the local version of the heirloom. Yes, you might. And and sometimes you want to trace it all the way back to the original, like you just said, mortgage lifter, um, like Southern Exposure Seed Exchange has the original mortgage lifter tomato radiator, Charlie's mortgage lifter. Hmm. And from that was selected the more, the newer mortgage lifter. Um, you know, so that's kind of an interesting thing. You can trace back the lineage of these plants. I mean, the oldest heirlooms at all, of all probably are native seed search out in Arizona that I mentioned before, mm -hmm. you know, because they're doing Native American crops. So if you're interested in corns or tomatillos or, you know, whatever, there's so many interesting ancient things um, there. So it can be kind of fun to trace back the provenance, too. Yet another way to shop for seeds. <laughs> so when people look online and look at the seed companies and they're it's hard to tell whether you start by looking for brandy wine or you start by looking for tomatoes or I guess when you get to those different sites because most of the catalogs are online you check where the people are from yes you check where they're from and you see I like to see in the front of the seed catalog or on the on their website about on their about page where they source their seed so even if they don't grow it themselves I like them to disclose to me hey we get from these places here's how it's grown, here's where it's grown. I don't want that to be a secret. Mm -hmm. I, don't, I don't like that to be a secret, just like if something's made in America versus made in China versus made in wherever. I don't like that to be a secret. Is there some kind of society or organization or certification or symbol or something that tells you that the seeds are grown organically? Um, some, well, it would probably the claim would be made. A lot of people ask uh, about the Safe Seed Pledge that... Uh, yes, right. That Tom Stearns up at High Mowing Organic Seeds in Vermont started um, a while back, and more than 100 companies have signed on to. But, uh, you know, that's more about avoiding genetically modified um, organisms in the seed supply. Um, but, but, but I like to see, like in the front of the Fedco catalog, it was, they're up in Maine, they buy from a lot of different people that are cooperative. And they'll say, we buy from these kinds of people, here are the kinds of people, here's how they farm, this is what, you, you know, I like the disclosure thing again. Um, and you said brandy wine. Mm -hmm. And one thing I always say to people is, a brandy wine is not a brandy wine is not a brandy wine. <laughs> We're not punching out widgets here. Again, living organisms. Mm. The brandy wine from 10 different catalogs, you will not get the same tomato, sadly, because the work that's required for brandy wine genetics to stay true to type, to be like what brandy wine is supposed to be classically, hasn't been being done because it's time-consuming, expensive work to select and reselect and reselect and keep rogue out all the off-type uh, tomatoes in the row and not save seed from them, which means throwing away part of your profits each year mm -hmm. to destroy them. That's not been done. And that's being done by a tiny little group of people, thankfully, again now. So that's the other thing I try to ferret out is like, who's really putting the, the time in to work on these open pollinated or heirloom, the uh, older heirloom crops, and keep them true to type and really give me the brandy wine that I think is a brandy wine, you know, not some slightly off version. 
um, lots to think about in shopping for seeds. Well, you, I, I just want to jump in because I'm always interested in what a strain is and what a race is, actually. <clears throat> Uh, because what if you want something to be true to type, like you're saying, you have to grow it in isolation. Uh, so somebody's got these brandy wine hopefuls, and they have to be grown away from other tomatoes or under cover so that bees right. can't come right. and right, right. And depending on the crop them. and its isolation requirements, right? And and then over the years, a strain develops, but it still it still can crossbreed anytime there's an accident and then you might end up with seeds that are not what it you're can, looking for. And of course, because heirlooms or the wider group open pollinated, meaning non-hybrid crops represent by their nature more genetic diversity anyway, because they haven't been hybridized mm -hmm. and narrowed in their genetic makeup to a very strict formula. You know, they're open pollinated. They're, they represent more diversity. They will throw off, off types more. They're going to express more genes, right, in the field. You put a hundred of them out in the field and you're going to get a few that are going to do something different or, or however many more. Um, so, you know, it, it, it is really... Um, it is really interesting how the growers uh, select for type, and it's okay to like observe, say, I have a brandy wine, and say, "Wow, look at this one! It has better disease resistance than all the other ones in the row." That's good to select for, and that doesn't change the type. Mm -hmm. As you, you, but you wouldn't want to say, "I want a two-pound brandy wine fruit, <laughs> or a three-ounce brandy wine fruit, or a." a long, slender, you know, paste-shaped brandywine fruit. You know what I mean? That yeah. would be going, selecting for a different plant altogether, for a different variety altogether. Well, do you ever save seed yourself of your, from your fruits? Little, very little. Um, I, I guess I'm such a seedaholic because <laughs> I have to plant. I love shopping for seed. Um, and so I do save some things. I tend to save some ornamental things. Like I have a lot of Nicotianas, and I like to move those around the garden um, and, you know, some things like that, certain biennials. But I tend to do it with ornamentals even more than with vegetables. That said, I do have a lot of um, my first planting of black seeded Simpson and old time uh, lettuce uh, from a million years ago. I always have black seeded Simpson. I tend to have self zones of mm. certain things. So I don't actively collect and dry and store the seed as much as I let. I love to let a lot of my vegetables go to seed and see what happens. It attracts a lot of great um, beneficial insects. And it's just kind of fun to watch how the plants reproduce because we don't normally see the sexual aspect of a lot of our edibles, you know, because we eat them when they're younger than sexual maturity. Have you ever had a phenomenal accident? Like, oh, my God, that lettuce is the most gorgeous thing I ever saw and it came up from seed? Mm, no, but I will say that the self-sones uh, tend to produce earlier and 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 seem to be undaunted like they never seem to miss a beat don't they it's, it's as if you know because nature knows exactly when that seed should germinate right. right when the conditions are exact as opposed to oh i think i'm going to sow seed today because i have an hour to do it which is not a very natural um version of timing <laughs> <laughs> well we haven't we haven't really talked about how you sow seed but we might at some point uh, and whether you're direct sowing or letting things come up by themselves, which is direct sowing, and maybe yes. they're earlier because they're starting earlier, as you said, when and lettuce is a cool season crop. And I just want to tell people that I've been speaking with Margaret Roach, and Margaret's blog is A Way to Garden, not A Way to Garden, 
a way to garden. <laughs> yes, just my way, not the way. Well, it's also not going away. No. <laughs> you're here. People think that. You're here to stay. Right. Uh, and your blog is really, it's just the best and oh, the most interesting you. and beautiful. And uh, I'm a little jealous because your photographs are so good, but... Uh, oh, well, not like yours, though. I, I don't have the... I don't have the knack, and I don't really know what I'm doing. I'm more of a snapshotter, I'm afraid. <laughs> uh, okay, well, you may believe that, but uh, subconsciously or something, maybe genetically, you're taking some beautiful pictures. Oh, well, thank you. And also through experience. Thank you so much for joining me, and I look forward to speaking with you again. Okay, talk to you soon, Ken. Good. Margaret is so provocative. I always learn so much when I speak with Margaret Roach. Please join me again next week for another edition of Ken Drew's Real Dirt, The Garden Show. I like to think of it as Gardening 2.0 because we don't just talk about green side up. We talk about some of the important issues in gardening today. See you again next week. Bye.